Hello and welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to jump right into the thought for today. And the thought for today is going to be this, spiritual, natural, or carnal. Three states that a man, woman, boy, or girl can find themselves in. Spiritual, natural, or carnal. And could I say to you today that you are in one of those three states. Now, I want you to listen for those words as we read our scriptures in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse number 14, and we're going to read down through chapter 3 in verse number 3, beginning in verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. There's your natural man. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. There's your second group of people, carnal. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk. And not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal, for where there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men. And then our third category is going to be found in chapter three, verse number one. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. So you've got three separate categories here. Natural, spiritual, and carnal. Carnal, natural, and spiritual. Natural, carnal, and spiritual. However you want to word it, every man, woman, boy, or girl will find themselves in one of these three categories. Now, the first category that we want to deal with is that natural man, that natural man. Of course, you'll notice in verse number 14, that's where it starts. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are... They're not something that he's desirous of. The Bible, salvation, sin, um, a lot of times not only is he confused, but it just is not something he's looking for. He comes to church, and church is a—he feels like it's a good thing, but there's nothing really spiritual about his life because he's natural. Now, he'll, he will come to church. He will—it's not that he's necessarily a bad person. This man, woman, boy, or girl is not, a, not some terrible sinner— but they're in their natural state. If you'll notice, the Bible says this, for they are foolishness unto him. The things of God is kind of foolishness unto him. He doesn't believe that Jonah spent three days and three nights in a whale's belly. He doesn't understand how David could kill a, a giant with a, with a rock. He has, no, he has no comprehension of how God breathed the breath of life into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. Why? Because they're their foolishness unto him. He believes it's a story. He does not believe the Bible was inspired. And a lot of these people just believe church is kind of for the weak, or it's it's just a joke. It's just a joke that weak religious people have to do these things to be able to make it through to make it through their life. And this is the problem. The Bible says, neither can he know them. He can't know them. He doesn't he doesn't spiritually, he's not able to discern. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. 
He has no desire, really, deep down in his heart or her heart or their heart for church to pray, to witness, to read his Bible. No desire for these things. Why? Because he is a natural man. And unfortunately, in the day and age we live in, a lot of religious people, a lot of people who go to, to quote-unquote churches or religious organizations, they're just natural. They're still in their natural state. They might be a good person. They might be a good mom, a good dad, a good daughter, a good son, but they're still natural. They do not have that spiritual experience needed to be able to achieve the spiritual growth that's needed in the in the life because they've never been born again. There's never been a time in their life when they repented of their sins and came to Jesus Christ and asked him to save them. It's not that they're bad people. They're just they're just natural people. And these people make up a vast percentage of the people that are in the world today. Now I want to give you an illustration, a good illustration of a natural man from the Bible. And this is going to be found in the book of John, chapter number 3. The book of John, chapter number 3. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 16 in John 3. The Bible says this, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Now this is our natural man here, Nicodemus. A ruler of the Jews. Notice he he was in a religious position. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You'll notice how Nicodemus came to him and began to tell, you know, how great Jesus was. Jesus begins immediately to deal with Nicodemus's state, and that is because he's in a natural state. Jesus begins to deal with this man on the condition that he needs to be born again. Verse number four, Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now remember our beginning verses there in the book of 1 Corinthians, what did it say? It's foolishness unto him. Nicodemus he was a ruler of the Jews. This man had, a, had achieved a great accomplishment in life. And here he sits, and he's talking to the Son of God, and he says, how am I going to be born again? Am I going to enter the second time into my mother's womb? That makes no sense at all. I don't care how many times you read the Scripture, you just have to sit there and go, Nicodemus, that was not the brightest statement you could have made because that in and of itself is impossible to do. But that was how he answered it. Why? Because it's foolishness unto him. Jesus answered him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sounds thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Still it's foolishness unto him. Notice that. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knoweth not these things? You know what he was saying to Nicodemus? Nicodemus, you've been in church your whole life. You've achieved a great position 
you're a ruler of the Jews. You're a Pharisee, and they st- and you still don't understand the basic principles of salvation. Verse 11, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now remember this first man, he's just natural. None of this makes any sense to him. Even though he's a good person, even though he's achieved some things in life, he still stands before God, a natural man. And the first thing that he stands in need of is just very simply to be born again. Now let's move quickly into our second category. Remember the first category was natural. We're going to deal with the second category. The second category is going to be spiritual. Spiritual. Of course, we're not going to go back for time's sake and read the verses, but we read them once already there in the book of 1 Corinthians. But there's a spiritual man, woman, boy, or girl here. Now, in order to understand what a spiritual person does, let's go to the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter 5 in verse number 22 and 23. Galatians 5 in verse number 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit... Um, fruit is produced because there is a spirit. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Now, a spiritual person, a spiritual person is going to demonstrate these characteristics in their life. Why? Because they're saved. You naturally, you naturally are not going to be full of gentleness and peace and faith and temperance. Those are not natural things. Those are spiritual things. This spiritual person has been saved, and not only are they saved, but they're surrendered and submitted and sanctified to the service of God. They've been changed by salvation, and there is a desire in their heart for God. Why? Because they're spiritual because they're spiritual. That's why, that's why they're, they're doing these things. That's why they're thirsting after these things. That's why they're pushing toward the mark, because God changed their heart and their life, and they have a desire inside of their heart, no matter whether they're in church or not. They have a desire to please God. These people, these spiritual people, are able to achieve what I consider to be some of the basic principles of Christian living, and that's just being faithful to church, reading your Bible, praying, and being a witness. Those four things, if you're spiritual, comes very easy to a spiritual person. Why? Because the Spirit of God's living on the inside, leading and guiding them. Not like the natural person. The natural person is not at all like the spiritual person. They might mimic each other in outward appearance, 
But on the inside and in that desire of that heart, there's a total different person in the two, natural or spiritual. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter number two. The book of Luke, chapter number two, and I want to begin reading in verse number 25 and give you a good example of somebody who's spiritual. Verse number 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same was a just and devout. There's your spiritual man. He's just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. A spiritual person is going to be led and guided by the Holy Ghost of God. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Notice how he's led of the Spirit. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Notice what he's doing. He's blessing God. And said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Verse number 36, we'll see our second spiritual person. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. A spiritual person is going to fast and pray. And notice when she's doing it, not when everybody else is watching. She's doing this night and day of her own accord. And she was coming in that instant and gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all that look for redemption in Jerusalem. Notice what else she's doing. She's thankful for the to the Lord in verse number 38. And then what's she doing at the verse, the end of the verse 38? And spake of him to all. She's being a witness. See how a spiritual person, and as you read through the Bible, spiritual people will just, they'll just fall out. They'll just fall out on the pages. Why? Because they all demonstrate the same characteristics. Because all of God's children have very similar characteristics. Why? Because they've got the Holy Ghost living inside of them, and they're spiritual unless we get to our last category. Now, this last category, is a, it's a terrible place to be. Out of the first two categories, this is by far the worst category to be. The only thing good about this category is that they are going to go to heaven, whereas the natural man will spend eternity in the lake of fire. But this man here, this man, woman, boy, or girl, this carnal, this carnal one, um, they they sure they sure do have a very very difficult time, a very difficult time trying to live for God. Why? Because they've let the world into their life. Go back to First Corinthians quickly in verse number chapter number three. In verse number three, this is the carnal person. For ye are yet carnal. 
For where as there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? That word envying means this, jealousy. That word strife means this, quarrels or debate. That word division is disunion. Remember, God wants his church to be in unity. A carnal person will be against unity. They damage the church. They damage the cause of Christ. They damage other believers. Why? Because they're carnal. They've been saved, but they're not submitted to God. They're actually, they're actually fighting against God in the way they live because God desires every one of his children to be spiritual. This person is not spiritual. They're carnal. They're full. They are full of envy, strife, and division. They are full of jealousy. They are full of quarrels. They are full of debate, and they are against unity 100%. And we could do a whole podcast on carnal believers, but we're not going to do that for sake of time. I'm just trying to give a good I'm just trying to give you a good definition of what a carnal believer is. Um, sometimes as you're in church, you you might run across one or two of these every now and then. But um, And these people are saved. These people are saved. One of the greatest illustrations of a man that was just so far away from God but was still saved is Lot. And I was, I was going to use him for the illustration, but I thought this one would be better. If you turn over to the book of Luke, chapter number 15, in verse number 11. Luke 15 and verse number 11. I'm going to give you a good illustration, biblically speaking, of a carnal of a carnal person. Remember, they're saved, but they're not spiritual. Verse number 11. And he said, this is Jesus, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Here's your carnal believer. The first thing he's interested in is himself and what he can get. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. So the father gave him, the father gave him his part of his inheritance. And what's the younger son do? He picks it all up. He gathers it all up and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Instead of serving God, this young man is destroying his life with riotous living, just, just like a carnal believer does. Remember, this boy is saved. He is a son. Verse number 14, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He wasn't satisfied with the world. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. This boy was living in a hog pen. He was a son. He was saved, and he's living in a hog pen. That's, how, that's, that's where carnality will get you. If you're a young person and listening to this podcast, Always remember that if you've been saved, you can't live any way you want to live. You can try to be carnal, but where it's going to end up is it's going to end up with you spending all and you're going to be in the worst shape of your life. Verse number 17, and when he came to himself, notice he finally does come to himself. He said, how many hired servants of my father 
have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. This young man is sitting here in a hog pen, starving to death, and he knows that his father has servants that are eating bread. And he's having a conversation with himself. The Bible says he came to himself. Look what he decides to do, verse number 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, just like every man, woman, boy, or girl who's carnal needs to do. They need to get a hold of God. They need to repent. They need to turn from sin back to God. Verse number 19. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. You'll notice the father was spiritual. The father forgave the boy, even though he was carnal. Even though he had wasted so much. Just like us as believers, a lot of times we do. We waste so much. And if we'll just come back to God when we've went astray from God, and ask Him to forgive us. He will forgive us and allow us that place, that turning point in our life to be able to get things right with God. But I do want to continue to read on in verse number 25. You see how this first son, he left. He left and went out and lived how he wanted to. But there's a second son in this story, verse 25. Now the elder son was in the field. He's out in the field working. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he comes walking up to the house, and there's a party going on. Notice how he reacts, though. Verse 26, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He didn't go into the party. He he hollers at one of the servants to come here, and he says, hey, what's going on? This is what the servant said, verse 27. And he said unto him, thy brother is come. And the father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. Verse 28, and he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. Now look at what's happened in his second son's life. He's come up and his brother, his own blood brother, has gotten right with God. This boy has been at the house the whole time working. Kind of reminds me. Remember, carnal people don't always leave the church. That first, that first boy left the church. The second boy is still there. But if you'll notice, he's got the carnal attitude. He's full of envy, strife, and division. Bible says in verse 28, he was angry and would not go in. And then what happens? His father comes out and entreats him. His father comes out and says, Son, thy brother's come. He's got right with God. It's a glorious day. Come, eat, drink, be merry. Verse 29. And he answered, said to his father. Now he's talking to his father. Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. Well, now that's a lie. That's just an outright lie. There's no way this boy has lived at the house this whole time and he's never made one mistake against his father. 
Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. He's bitter. Oh my goodness, he's bitter. He's sitting there going, Dad, all I wanted was a baby kid that I could have a party with my friends. Verse 30. But as soon as this thy son, thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. If you'll notice, he was all about that other boy and uh, what that other boy had been doing. He knew what the other boy had been doing. Verse 31. And he said unto him, Son, his father still called him son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. You know, it doesn't say that that elder son, the one that stayed at the house, began to be merry. No, he wasn't merry either. This poor dad had two carnal sons. One went to the far country, wasted half his substance. The other one stayed at the house and was full of envy, strife, and division. He was more concerned about being critical than he was about his own brother getting right with God. Now, as I said at the beginning, we fall into one of these three categories. And could I ask you before we close the podcast out, which category do you fall into? Natural, spiritual, or carnal? I want to thank you again for joining us for the Biblical Principles Podcast. If you need to get a hold of us for any reason, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can forward them over to us by email, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. Godspeed to the brethren.